We are in general quarters, and today is Friday, March 19th. This is Battleground, and today we have uh, our, our usual Friday guest. It is uh, Law Enforcement Fridays, the great Robert Arce. Uh, he's here to join us to talk about the disaster, the crisis that um, the White House finally admitted that there's a crisis, and then they had to walk it back. But there is a crisis at the border. You have uh, Secretary Mallorca, who is a douchebag. Uh, you know, excuse my French, but there's no other way to describe this clown. Um, he uh, says that uh, President Biden, who we know is senile, and now we not only know that he's senile, but I think he's just a complete mess, uh, fell down the stairs three times getting on Air Force One this morning. So I think his issues are, are a lot worse than, uh, than, than led to appear. And, uh, you know, I'm putting a wager out there, 100 bucks. Uh, I think uh, he's uh, he's going to be replaced before the 2022 election, maybe even this year. Who knows? Um, but anyways, so they're saying that um, the Biden administration is telling all the illegals, don't come now. Uh, wait until they uh, fix the uh, the immigration laws and then that way they'll be able to come in. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But he also says that um, if unaccompanied minors show up, of course, they're going to let them in, too. So. Uh, speaking out of both sides of his mouth, um, I think the telegraphing, the messaging, everything that he said during the campaign, the bills and the laws that they're passing, health insurance, stimulus money for illegals, um, all that stuff obviously is, uh, is an elite to one thing, uh, more illegals, more people, um, coming here that are not supposed to be here. And, uh, and then blame Trump as, as usual, but anyways, uh, our next guest, Robert Arce, he's here and, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna talk to us about, uh, the border and a lot of the shit that's going on and especially the risks that some of these, uh, kids are being put into by the Biden administration. <laughs> Hey, the great Robert Arce, man. Hey, Robert, thanks for joining us. That's a kick-ass walk-on song, by the way. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, I know I know. you said you got some feedback from some other friends that really liked it. Why don't you give us a little background on that song to begin with, and then you can start wherever you want. Mallorca, Biden, falling down the stairs, doesn't know where he is. Maybe they're going to hide him in the basement again. Who knows? But uh, we know that the border is a shit show. You know that border very, very well personally, and um, and also... Uh, a lot of fallen officers this week, so a lot, to, a lot to address. Yes, thanks for having me on again. And uh, the song, uh, "Who Are You Going to Call When It Comes Undone," and uh, that song has a lot of memories from my time on the PD. And uh, yeah, Duran Duran, their music has held up well. Yeah, it has, right? It has. Yes, yes. It, um, has. it does. Going to the border. Um, I mean, every day you look, and it's. Uh, it, it it drives me insane when I see how the media is framing it, though. The media, every story they say is, well, the GOP says 
that this crisis is being was caused by the message from the White House. But I mean, that's what has been caused. It's you have pretty much said, hey, this come on down. We'll take care of you eventually. Don't come right now. But if you get here, we're going to let you in, especially if you're an unaccompanied minor. And uh, I think one of the things that most of the open border crowd, I've mentioned this last week, they never talk about or they ignore uh, some of these unaccompanied minors are going to be victimized in their travels. Some of them will lose their lives. Some of the other migrants will lose. I mean, hey, Robert, uh, I, read, I read somewhere that like over 80% of the uh, young girls and the women are sexually assaulted uh, in, in this, in this, you know, in this travel, um, that that's that that it, it's a travesty. It's a travesty, and and quite frankly, um, I, I got to tell you, it, it it really pisses me off um, because you know it, it's it's a horrible, horrible crime. Uh, you know, I have a daughter. Obviously, I'm married, and and and, and I wouldn't want anything like that to happen to my daughter, or my wife. Um, but this administration is playing with Hispanics, is playing with Latinos. Um, and you know what what like i was like i was saying what really pisses me off is all these woke idiots latinos that um that were screaming and yelling about kids in cages and trump and all this crap and now biden is causing a real crisis putting real people in danger and they're not saying shit no uh you and i have those friends i got a lot of my friends uh, you know they're left to center i have a lot of friends left to center yeah. i grew up with them Yep. Especially on the Latino side, and uh, they're all about you know Viva la Raza and everything else, and they were screaming as loud as anyone would hear them about what was going on during the Trump years, and now they are deadly si silent, and they have now pivoted to we need to fight against white supremacy, yeah, while ignoring what's going on at the border, and uh, you know people are dying, and Mexico is very dangerous. It is. Uh, I just told you off offline that uh, I had a friend sent me a message last night. There were 13 state police officers in a convoy killed uh, just outside of Mexico City. This migrants, the ones that are going to go to California or, or all of them, they're coming through that area through Mexico City. There's areas, different routes that they come through. They're either going to Texas or they're going towards Arizona. They're going to California. But they're traveling through some very dangerous territory that it's like war-torn. It's, it's war-torn because these cartels are fighting against each other and fighting against the government. And you got unaccompanied minors traveling through this area or any other migrants. It's, it, it's but like I said, uh, they don't start, no se quejan, they don't start complaining until they get to the border and they're in Border Patrol custody. Everything that happens between there you know, the rapes. I don't know about the number. I've heard that number before. I don't, uh, but I told you last week when I worked at drop houses, yep. we would hit a house and all like the pretty girls would be dead bolted into one bedroom. Wow. I would talk to these women and they would say the instructions they had when they were leaving Central America, don't wear makeup, wear baggy clothes, try not draw, draw attention to the smugglers because the prettier ones are going to be put in a room and they're going to be raped. So I told you last week. Well, they yeah, were and, and, and they're all told to take birth control, right? Yeah, take birth control. Take birth control because most likely you're, you're, you're going to get raped. And there were there was a case, I remember we, we worked, where a guy stood up and tried to speak up 
and they shot him. They said they shot him. They folded him like a suitcase and put him in garbage bags and hauled him away. And we never found the body. And this happened in the U.S. This didn't happen in Mexico. This happened in a drop house in Phoenix. They just folded him up, you know, uh, hey, shut up. And he was gone. Wow. We never recovered the body. We never found it that we know. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's just crazy. And, uh, you know, kidding aside here, you know, when you have an administration, you have a Congress that is pandering to, you know, to this illegal immigration crowd, to this La Raza crowd, to these woke imbeciles that use things like Latinx, which doesn't exist, by the way. Right. It is uh, one, of the, one of the biggest stupidities ever uttered by anybody. Um, you know, pushing legislation that is going to give the stimulus checks to illegals, that is going to give uh, health care to illegals, that is going to pay uh, college for illegals. Um, isn't that encouraging illegals to come here? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you say uh, don't come. And then you do this, and then you spend two years campaigning on open borders, and then you have this shit show at the border and say it's Trump's fault. Um, are people that stupid, Robert? I mean, what's going on with the woke crowd in in, in the Latino community? I mean, wh why? I don't get it, man. You know what the funny thing is? A lot of the woke crowd in the Latino community, like I said, I grew up with them. Most yeah. of them no longer speak Spanish. Yeah. Most of them have no, no, they couldn't find a family member in Mexico. If you had a million dollars and said, Hey, I'll, in order to keep the million dollars, all you have to do is go to Mexico and high five someone. You get to keep it. They wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. I have a buddy of mine that uh, a couple of years ago, I, we were, we we're debating politics. And I said, listen, I give you a million dollars. All you have to do is high five a family member in Mexico. Where do you go? He didn't even know what state his family came from. Then he tells me, well, my great grandfather fought in World, you know, in World War One for the U.S. I said, "Hey, yeah. stupid! You're an American. You've been here so long. You, your parents don't even speak Spanish anymore." And uh, but and yet, if they go to Mexico, if they don't know you, and uh, I work down there, I know how they treat us. Just because you have a Spanish surname doesn't mean you are them. That's right. We're different. We're different culturally. We are. And, uh, and, and and those woke those woke kinds would would get cut up real fast down there too. By the way, of you course, it, and yeah. they think that they're connected to to the old country because they go to uh, you know a Rocky Point or they go to some resort. You've never had to survive down there and live there as a local. I have, you know, you have. You've yeah. gone down to your to to your uh, mother yeah. country. Uh, I've, been, I've been all over Latin America, the Caribbean, yeah. the Central America, Mexico, a bazillion times. Uh, hey, uh, you know, I know how it is, brother. It's uh, it's a real deal. Um, and and a lot of these uh, a lot of these wokes, um, you know, they think it's um, you know, it's all fantasy, and you know, they're gonna, you know, hug everybody, hold hands, and sing kumbaya, and they're gonna go save the world. And you know, um, I'd love to see them try because. You know, probably, probably in a matter of two days, they'd probably get cut up and killed and thrown in some gutter somewhere, and uh, you know, and 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 their organs harvest. So, you know, it, it's pathetic, man. Um, it, it is absolutely pathetic. Uh, the situation at at the border. 
Uh, we had the White House finally admit that it's a crisis, and then they had to walk it back because uh, they, they don't want it to say it's a crisis. Now we heard that uh, that uh, the Biden administration is working behind the scenes with uh, the administration of Lopez Obrador to try and uh, reinstate the, uh, the 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 Trump policies or agreements that they had of of holding back all these illegals uh, flood, flooding the, uh, the 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 border, right? So. You know, it's very disingenuous. It's very dishonest. Um, the media is not covering anything. We saw Biden uh, walking up Air Force One today, uh, not just trip once, but three times. The guy doesn't know who he is. He called uh, he called Kamala Harris, uh, President Harris. Uh, now we have uh, Vladimir Putin mocking Biden, saying that he's ready to have open dialogues with him, but he'd like to do it live in front of the camera so everybody can see. Um you know, the, the guy is a mess. The guy is a mess. I think he's going to be replaced. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the policies that they're pushing right now, Robert, are are extremely dangerous. They're destroying the country. Gas is going up. Uh, I ran through a kind of a, a laundry list of stuff that is not helping any Americans. You see that they're giving, I think it's like $24,000 or $21,000 per federal employee uh, to help them with uh, with, with uh, home homeschooling or or whatever it's called, uh, teleschooling. Um, what about the rest of the Americans that uh, that don't work for the federal government? We just get a fourteen dollar check. Huh? I mean, I didn't even get that, but you know, but they they get a fourteen hundred dollar check. And meanwhile, if, if you're if you're a leech, you know, living off of the government, you get an extra twenty one thousand dollars. What the fuck is that, dude? Um, you yeah. know what? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can tell you, it's not sustainable, and it can't continue to happen. Um, where does this break? Uh, Trump had gotten some good inroads with the with the Latino community. Uh, he had moved the needle also with the black community. Um, do you see all this happening, um, helping at all? Do you see our, our, our woke Latino brothers and sisters saying, holy shit, man, I mean, this is not right? Or, or, yeah. I mean, what are, you, what are you hearing out there? What are you seeing? I think the problem too is, is, is I could say with the Latino community, the Spanish speaking Latino community, uh, we watch the news and what do we what do we have? What options do we have? Yeah. We need a counter viewpoint uh, in Spanish media because all we hear, uh, if you watch U.S. based Spanish speaking media, all you see is is it's it's music directed to people that are not legally in the U.S. for most sure. part or the open borders crowd. It's it, you watch it, and the U.S. is bad, and it, it's just it's it's all propaganda. Now, on the other side, yeah, when you pander right. to someone, yeah, 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 you, it's yeah propaganda. It's propaganda. It's propaganda. I think uh, we 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 say this. We jokingly with some of my friends, we say if Fidel Castro was alive right now, he'd be like, he'd blushing. be proud. He'd, he'd be, be blushing with envy. He'd be blushing with envy. Thinking, That's right. Wow, look at this. Why couldn't I have a media like this? That's right. You know? That's it, right. He would be proud, man. He would be proud. I mean, what happened? Uh, I think it was yesterday, right? They said that uh, that if you use terms like America First and United We Stand, that those are things that uh, identify you as a white supremacist. Um, that, that's no. very dangerous. That's very dangerous. This is from the crowd, though, that believes that racists only come in one color. They believe that bigots only come in one color. And by thinking that way, that makes you the racist. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, 
It's crazy. You had, you had a great tweet, by the way, the other day. Uh, for those of you that don't that don't follow Robert, uh, how, how do they follow you on Twitter, Robert? Because you you have a great following over there, and you have some great tweets. I'm at uh, let's see, right now I'm at the Sangre Libre. The Sangre Libre, right? The Sangre Libre, but you could also follow me at Robert R Arce A R C E. I'm there, okay. and but right now I think I was uh, using. Uh, Hunter Biden's crack dealer. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. I was also, I was also the uh, the Biden crime family consigliere. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. I love that one. I yeah, love that. Right. I, I stole a couple from you too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but right uh, now, you had a great tweet that that um when um when I think it was Mallorca or something that uh that 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 made that comment about um you know don't don't come yet. Uh, but you know, if, if you do happen to come and if you're a minor, we're, we're, we're going to let you in. Uh, you, you got a great tweet that said, um, a, a, every, every coyote pollero and, and cartel member in Mexico right now is, uh, is, is celebrating up in arms, um, because they're about to make a shitload of money. Right. Yes. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's some, uh, so-called, uh, border cartel experts that spread some misinformation that do not have a law enforcement background. The, right. the smuggling is happening all the way from the Golfo, from over uh, all the way over from Texas at the Gulf of Texas, all the way to Tijuana. There's certain areas that the cartels will uh, direct uh, migrant smuggling to certain areas, not to disrupt drugs, but Every single area where migrants are coming from, the cartels have a hand in it. Even if they're not doing it themselves, the smuggling groups are tied into them. A, a cartel's not a drug organization is not going to fight for a smuggling route and say, "Oh, we don't get involved in human smuggling because we don't want attention drawn." That's absurd. There's there's a, there's a guy that goes around saying that. That's absurd. The our cartel was not going to fight for a smuggling route and allow people to come in and make money. They're going to make money off of everything that's being smuggled to that area. And uh, all, for, like I said, from Texas to from the Gulf, all the way to Tijuana. That, that's Cartel del Golfo, Jalisco. Who else? Who else is involved in, in some of that stuff? Pretty much all. All of them. Every every group, because it's a moneymaker. It's, it's a moneymaker. And uh, what happens is that even if... There's, there's smuggling organizations out there, but if you're using a smuggling route that in an area controlled by that cart by a certain cartel in the area, they're going to get their money off of it. They're not going to let people go, hey, we don't get involved in smuggling. You know, there, vaya con Dios, go ahead and do it. No, they're going to get their money from it because it, it is major, major uh, money for these people. And right now with, with these policies, it's a stampede coming our way. If you stand at our southern border and look south, you got to see this big giant dust cloud coming our way because it's a stampede. So as you start going from from Texas, a lot of the, the attention is down in Texas right now, uh, yeah. down in the valley, down in that area, down in there. But if you start going, uh, you start going west, you get to Juarez towards, uh, towards TJ, right? Yeah, you start. You run first. You're in in Juarez, right. and you got the Cartel de Juarez or La Línea. Yeah. A different groups there. You keep moving a little further west, and you start running into Sinaloa, and yeah. then the further west you start go going, then you go into Tijuana. Well, in Tijuana right now, you have Tijuana, Sinaloa, 
Cartel Jalisco Nueva Generación are all fighting it out and slugging it out there right now. And in Tijuana, most of the fighting that's going on and, and killing, it's because of meth trafficking. And now Mexico... And, 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 and that's a great point that you bring up. The meth, the meth has picked up a lot more um, since all the crackdown on the fentanyl stuff, or or has it has it remained the same? I know, you know, you're you're still plugged in, and I'm not asking you to reveal any sources or anything. But what's what's happening? Because I know there's there hasn't been a lot of coverage on the cocaine, but I know cocaine volume out of uh, Peru, Colombia is uh, is higher than ever. So yeah, a lot of the cocaine now is going towards Europe. It's going to that market there. It's going through the Caribbean, towards Africa, and off into that way. Right now, the United States, the real killer is meth and the uh, uh, fentanyl, and also the heroin. In, in Arizona, Northwest, a lot of heroin, which is a black tar, but the fentanyl and the meth, which is being produced with help from Chinese sources, yeah, the, uh, the heroin's pretty bad down in Arizona, right? I mean, I know a friend, we have a friend uh, uh, of the family's uh, whose niece uh, died of, uh, of of overdose. Uh, I know she was hooked on, on heroin, a uh, young, young girl. Um, I think she was uh, maybe 18 or, or 17 or something like that. Um, and, and, and it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad in Arizona, isn't it? Yes, Arizona has always had a lot of heroin because of the proximity, close proximity to Mexico, and it's a black tar or uh, other heroin that's being produced in Mexico, and it's cheap. It's uh, back when I was working as in narcotics buying heroin, it was a lot more expensive. I think I mentioned it, may have mentioned it on your show before. There was a time when we were spending thirty eight hundred almost to $5,000 for an ounce of heroin back in the day. And right now you can get that same ounce for, I don't know, $700, $800, $700 to $800 an ounce instead of $3,600, $3,800 for the wow. same ounce. Because wow. there's so much. And it's, and it's, you know, so back in the day they had to cut it. So the user at the street level is using, you know, almost all cut, very yeah. small amount of heroin. Yeah. And now because it's so cheap, so the purity, is much, so purity is better. So if you don't cut it properly, you're, you're going to, as they refer to it on the street, you're going to fold. You're going to overdose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy, man. Hey, and, um, and, and, and the fentanyl, I know the uh, Trump administration has tried to do a lot and, um, and, and I'm assuming this administration will try as well or continue some of those policies. Um, that, that that continues to be a big problem, right? Because it's coming from China into Mexico and smuggled over the border, right? That you, yep. you, You're hearing that that has not stopped. That no, continues to go. Still uh, flooding uh, comes through, and uh, it's all coming through ports of entry primarily, yeah. it, hidden inside cars, trucks, whatever. Uh, they make uh, – the real popular is in pills. It looks like uh, they're pills that look like regular prescription only uh narcotics but they're they're uh bootleg pills made in mexico no quality control so you have no idea if that pill that you're buying is going to be the lethal one i think dea did some testing i read a study that they did or uh, a, a media release that said i think they started doing like spot seizures and doing testing quantitative analysis on testing and found out that i think almost 
20, 30% of pills that they tested had a, what could be a lethal dose of fentanyl. <sighs> and, uh, I mean, they're in, in Arizona, they're getting 200,000 pills at a time, 50,000 pills at a time, and then they're being distributed. Uh, I have a buddy that just retired. Uh, I mentioned to you, he, uh, he was buying, uh, buying fentanyl. They, they're telling us that the narcotics guys at almost every street corner in certain areas, like back in the day where you could buy crack cocaine, you can buy fentanyl right now. And everyone's selling it. Whites, blacks, Mexicans, and the suppliers are the illegals that are distributing it in Phoenix. So tying that back into the uh, illegals and the coyotes and all those people, um, I would imagine if the cartels are involved, uh, they're they're also making these guys mules, right? They're also making them carry. Uh, I would imagine if they don't have money to pay to get smuggled, then, buddy, you're going to carry a backpack or two, right? You're going to carry a backpack or two, or if you cannot pay your debt, we're going to put you to work in a dope house. You're going to be working either security or you're going to be, you're going to do something. They'll find work for them in their drug organization. Because if you set up a dope house, a distributing network, you're going to need workers. So they'll use people for, hey, you're going to do security here. Uh, You're going to do, uh, you're going to sell for us. Uh, the so female, these guys are virtually kidnapped into employment. They're kidnapped into employment, and then the females are are if they can't pay. Hey, you're going to pay, and you're going to be prostituting for us, yep. and you're going to pass you around from one drug house or from and one. And, drug that's, house and that's a horrible house. story, right? Because uh, we haven't gotten into the nuts and bolts of that, and I don't know how how, how deep you want to go into that, but they uh, they drug them and they use them until I mean I hate to use the word wear them out. But until, you know, they wear them out and they're, you know, corpse, right? And they're, and they get disposed of, right? They just toss them out like garbage. They're, they just, they'll abandon them when they have no more use for them. And they'll get them drugged. They'll get them uh, addicted. And once they get addicted. Life cycle or, or production cycle, if you want to use that term uh, of, of, of a kidnapped woman put into prostitution. Do they do they survive six months, nine months, a year, three months? What what is the life cycle of, of, of some of these women that get uh you know, so people understand, right, what's really going on and the impact of policy that you know, because these things don't get addressed, Robert, in the media. And that's why the woke crowd is so insensitive to it. So that's why I wanna uh, I'd love for you to talk to us about this and educate us a little bit because you've seen this, you've broken down houses, you've you you've saved people, you know, and, and you know how long do they last? How long can can a woman last having sex twenty five times, fifty times in a day? I mean, I never worked the uh, vice side, but working the drug side, we would see it. So right. didn't do it, uh, didn't do it full time like the vice guys did. But I remember, I think I mentioned it last week, there was a, a drug group we were working. They had a series of crack houses that were selling crack cocaine in west, just west of downtown Phoenix. So we'd hit a house. Uh, we'd hit it. And all of a sudden, we started noticing. We're like, wait a minute. We saw this girl that was just hanging out at the house. It's one dope house. And now she's at the other one. And now that she's the other one, the first time we encountered her, she was very attractive. She was a young girl. And uh, we start talking to her. and. We, we, she didn't want to be a victim. She didn't want to report. We knew she was part of this group 
Later on, we found out that she had been uh, come over with a, with a smuggling group, couldn't pay her debt, so she got involved with them. They got her hooked probably within, within about three months. She looked like a monster. She had open sores uh, on her face, you know, the face breaking out. She looked, she, she went from being able to talk to me like a normal person, you know, Hey, what's going on, blah, 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 to just so paranoid. And, and I mean, she looked like a Dave Chappelle character when he pretends to be a crack addict and it was sad. And then probably within, uh, uh, I don't know, probably another month later, I didn't even recognize her. And she was abandoned, wandering around homeless in West Phoenix. uh, at the This This is under six months. Under six months. In under six months, they'll destroy. Somebody. Yeah, and then they they abandoned her. So now she was she was resorting to prostituting at the truck stops. Oh, yeah, and uh, started running in there. She was no longer with the the drug the druggies or or like. And I'm not talking. She was hanging out with the drug addicts. She was hanging out with the distributors. Yeah, with the so she went from that to suddenly just hanging out at the truck stops, uh, prostituting herself there. She was a mess. So, but I didn't see a full time. And that's a problem. See, I mean, you're talking about under six months, these poor people that are trying to get across because the White House is sending false hope that they're going to let them in. And he's subjecting these poor girls and women to being kidnapped and forced into this lifestyle that will destroy their life in less than six months. Right. I mean, that is horrible. And that's what's not being exposed right now. Everyone's talking about, oh, Trump is a racist and all these people, and he doesn't want to let them in. No, he was stopping that because he knew all this stuff. The, he knew the all the dangers that, that the people are going through by trying to come here. And that's not what we need to do. We need to start having better communications and better policies in those countries so people that really are trying to seek asylum can seek asylum in their countries through an embassy or a consulate. And they don't have to trek all the way to the border of the U.S., Right. Yes, and a couple of things. Uh, the the current administration likes to use the word we are we are crafting a more humane yeah. policy. Yeah, I mean, they like to use the word humane, and of course, uh, the knuckleheads in the media are parroting their talking points. Well, it's there's, a woke crowd, right? Yes, it's there's nothing crowd. humane. There's nothing humane oh. about a, uh, a immigration policy that encourages people to leave their country and take the dangerous trip through their own countries, to Mexico, and then ended up at the border, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, uh, it's not paradise that we thought. And then turn into a crack whore, you know, at, at a bus stop, you know, six months later and probably dead. I mean, Right, right. There's nothing humane about that, and uh, that is, you know, you hear it all the time, we're crafting something more humane, and it's not, you know, you have to discourage people from taking that trip. This is one of the arguments I used to always make with people. If if we're going to receive everyone from Central America and give them asylum, why don't we just send military transport planes and have them load up and they miss all hey, of Mexico? Hey, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we just take? Why don't we just take over those countries, put an yeah. American flag, and and call it a day? Right? I mean, yes. I mean that that's probably better use of our resources to uh, just take over the countries <laughs> and and uh, that way people don't have to flee and we just take some of the good stuff down there. But, you know, that's never going to happen, uh, and we can't take everybody from every, everywhere in the world. And policies like this administration is pushing are extremely dangerous, extremely dangerous, damaging, you know, to, uh, to, to the women, to the to, to girls, 
Um, and to everybody in general, we talked about it last week where, you know, there's organ, organ harvesting. You just spoke about it a little while ago about, uh, you know, kidnapping the labor, uh, kidnapping the employment, you know, that, that great recruitment. I mean, they don't, they don't need to, uh, to, uh, use those big, uh, headhunting firms. They just go pick them up at the border and put them to work in a, in a, in a you know, in a drug house. Um, dude, it's, it's, it's insane. It's insanity. It's insanity. Funny yep. story, a funny story on the labor side. I was, you know, my partner and I were working undercover. So what we would do is we took a guy down that delivered us some dope. He shows up in a Cadillac. He, he, uh, back in this day, there were, everybody had pagers. So yes. we, he thought he was going to deliver dope. We have him taken off. So what we would do is we would, he would go off to jail with his partner, me and my partner get in his Cadillac and we have his pagers, and we're answering his calls. So people are calling, and they want dope. So then we meet them at a location and have a fake package. And when we do the exchange, we take we give a signal to get popped. Well, one day, this guy calls, and he's talking. We think he's talking code. We can't understand what he's saying. So we figure the price, I mean, that doesn't sound right, but it has to involve dope. So we meet him at a jack-in-the-box parking lot. And the guy walks up and he has a guy standing next to him. And he's like, Hey, so you guys, you guys have the money? And we go, Yeah, you, you got the dope. The guy looks at us and he's like, Dope. No, I'm not here with dope. I got a dishwasher for you. No way. He had a dishwasher. And he had this guy standing next to him to be a dishwasher. And we're supposed to pay him. And we're like, Oh my God. And we stumbled into that. We thought we were buying dope. And instead, we were going to pay this guy to, uh, for a dishwasher, and I had legal no labor. Yeah, yeah, legal labor, and uh, that was crazy. Hey, so how did these guys get out? So let's say you know I'm I'm trekking up the border, and I get picked up by these cartels, and and uh, and I don't have money, so they say, well, too bad, Ivan, you're coming to work for us at a drug house. You're going to hold security, or you're going to be packing bags, or you're going to be doing bundling pallets, or whatever the hell we need to do. Um, how long am I stuck there? Am I stuck there for life till they kill me? Can do, do, do I have to work a certain amount of time and then I'm released? What, what happens, Robert, to those people? On those type of cases, like I said, uh, I think ICE, those are the cases ICE work. We didn't work those cases, so I'm not really sure how, but I, uh, I think one of the things that I was told was on cases like that uh, where they're exploiting, exploiting for labor, they know some of your family back in your country of origin. So it's not like you could just escape because then you're endangering your family. Where on human smuggling cases, those cases, you're, you're, you're paying a one-time fee. They're crossing you and you don't see them again. There's not payments being made on human smuggling cases over and over and over again. It's a one-time fee. You get you point A to point B, you're done. But on the exploitation for sex or uh, labor, it's a different payment schedule. So, but like I said, I didn't work those cases. Like we just stumbled onto, we stumbled onto the, hey, you wanted, here's your dishwasher. Uh, he works real crazy. hard. That is, uh, that, that, that is absolutely crazy. Hey, so you're, you're, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it. You're, you're thinking about coming out with a podcast. Yes. Uh, yes. You and your former partner. I think that's, uh, I think that's going to be really, really cool. Um, what are you guys thinking about doing? What we're hoping to do is highlight. I mentioned it last week. We're going to be call, we're going to call it the Narco Gang Cop Podcast, and we both worked uh, drugs 
and we worked, uh, and I worked gangs. Uh, my, my buddy Saul worked gangs from the narc side, but I actually worked narcotics. I also worked in a sting unit buying stolen property, uh, which I targeted uh, gangs. And then later on, I went to gang squad. So I worked street gangs, gang investigations. And then I went to the gang task force at the FBI doing wiretaps on the gangs that were dealing primarily with uh, cartel connected uh, groups. So what we want to do is highlight some of those jobs, uh, maybe bring on some guys that uh, uh, talk about some of their cases, uh, like I said, without giving up any secrets, do a case study on a case. And how did, how did this case affect the neighborhood? How were we able to uh, affect the neighborhood positively and clean it up? And also bring on some guys that survived being shot, uh, talk, uh, also fight back against uh, the defund the police movement. Because a lot of people don't realize if you defund the police, some of the first units that will get eliminated are those type of units that target career criminals and take off the most dangerous people off the street that do long-term conspiracy cases. And you're not just targeting one person, you're targeting organizations. And those units right now at Phoenix PD are stretched because there's no manpower. They've removed manpower and they've not replaced it. And uh, those are the units that can have the strongest impact in investigation and take you know, the worst of the worst off. And uh, that's what we want to do. We want to talk, uh, you know, highlight some of the careers. There's some real superstars out there that I, that I know personally that have done some incredible work. And to me, even some people that are, are I think are, should be held up as positive role models for people from the barrio. Uh, and they're not because I guess we're in the wrong profession or whatever. So there's some really oh, good people out there that have done some yeah, great right. Cancel culture and Black Lives Matter and right, right. Peace and all that bullshit. And, you know, a lot of these kids are getting the wrong, the wrong, uh, you know, the wrong signals from, uh, from, from leaders in, in, in the community and the government. Right. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, you know, to seeing that, uh, go live. And then I know it, it's going to bring a different perspective to, uh, you know, to, to everybody out there that hasn't been exposed to law enforcement, uh, outside of watching, you know, maybe cops and whatever they, the hell they hear on the news. Right. So. Right. Um, There'll be some great stories. I mean, there's some funny stuff. There's some stories that happened that were, uh, I mean, frightening, totally frightening at the time. We laugh about it now. And sometimes we were like Keystone cops doing some of these operations. And, uh, uh, but I think it'll be uh, interesting for people that are not in that profession to, to in our profession, to hear uh, some of the things we have to do, some of the politics we have to deal with. Uh, right. So that's that's what we hope to, to be able to launch here real soon. Yeah, and you have some great stories. I mean, you know, you shared a couple of them. I think, I know you had a funny one. I know you had a funny one the other day. You told us about that uh, somebody from way, way back in your past, um, you, 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 you happened to be in the, in the precinct when they got picked up and, you know, um, ran into that person 25 or 30 years later and uh lots of those <laughs> there's, there's, there's lots of those and i think I, I i there's one i think uh i like to mention is that um i was i'm not sure if i i don't think i shared it on this program but what had happened was there was a uh i was working narcotics at a street level narc i mean no no I, at that time i was working the sting buying stolen property so I would not buy dope unless if it was 
kilos, larger amounts, because that was not my jobs. But my unit, my my boss would allow him and say, if you can get multi-kilo Coke deal or something like that, we'll let you do it. So I pulled into a Circle K, and as I pull up, I get out of the car, and this guy's standing in front of the store. He makes eye contact, and back then, if the dopers, they'd look at you, and they do one of these. You do that back, that means, hey, I'm interested in some dope. Man. So he walks up to me, and he goes, hey, man, you want to buy some coca? You want to buy some Coke? Yeah. And I go, no, man. I could tell he's street level. He's not going to have – he was look like a junk, like a drug addict. Yeah. And I go, no, man, but to – Put the little thing. I go, no, man. I'm looking for someone that said he had some, some shit to sell, like property, property. Oh, so to, to kind of put that out there for him. And just then, I turn around and a and a so undercover narcotics cop pulls up at the same time, just by by chance. And I know him. I go, hey, man, my, my buddy here, my homeboy here. I'm sure he wants some because I don't have any. I don't have no feria. So I walk over. I go, hey, Dave. It was Dave Mundley. Hey, Dave, come over here. Uh, you want to buy some Coke? This guy will sell you some Coke. Yeah, yeah. So I do the quick intro, and Dave walks off to this apartment, gets some Coke, walks back, and I just tell Dave real quick, this is a guy's name. I know him. So I do his identification for him because, you you know, if you buy dope, you got to identify him. Yeah. So I give him the identification. So about, I don't know, six months, eight months later, I get a panic call from Dave Munley from SO and says, hey, he goes, hey, Bobby. Uh, you around? I go, yeah. He says, I need you in court. He goes, we're getting our ass kicked because a defense lawyer is saying that I misidentified the guy because he has an alibi. And how do you know him? I go, I know him because he knew me in uniform when I worked in the projects and I grew up with him. And then he goes, what? I go, yeah. He goes, come down. So I get down to court. They put me on the stand. The prosecutor says, uh, you know, can you identify uh, the defendant? Yes, there he is sitting at defense counsel table. Now, how do you know him? So just to be a smart ass, I go, well, I knew him when I worked uniform walking beat the city housing projects. Okay, are you positive that's him? Yes. How else do you know him? I said, I went to school with him. And then <laughs> he goes, and I said, as a matter of fact, that's his mom and sister sitting behind him. <laughs> so, so then... All of a sudden, okay, no further questions. Defense counsel gets up and goes, uh, I have no questions. And he said, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Hey, so another question that um that 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 people have asked, right? And there was an article, I think, in the uh in 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 in, in the fake news Washington Post a couple of years ago about all these guys making hundreds of thousands of dollars you know, being CIs, you know, uh, especially for DEA. And, and, and I know, I, I, I know how that works, but how, how did you guys work those? Right. So when you guys pop somebody, you, he, once, once he's arrested, you can't unring that bell, you know, but how do you keep them on the street without serving time to, to make them into an informant? Most, uh, most of the CIs that we work were lower level, uh, you have to decide if it's somebody big. Now, DEA, obviously, uh, if they can find a bigger fish, uh, you have to sit down and make an agreement with the prosecutor, the U.S. attorney and their defense attorney. And it has to be, you know, we like to make a contract because you don't want someone to say, I can produce this. And then they, they don't produce. Right. Because if they don't produce, then you go back to square one and you charge them. Right. So uh, it's sometimes, uh, as we say, you have to dance with the devil. 
And, yeah, but uh, at the uh, at, at the local, uh, not, not at the DA level, but at the you know local. Oh, level. Yeah, at our level. At our you level. guys are cutting deals with the U.S. attorney or district attorney. At that case, you guys are just cutting them loose, right, and cutting a deal right there on the on the spot, right? We worked a lot with DEA. So uh, uh, what what happens is that at the local level, what happens is we have say say city of Phoenix would only allow us to pay so much money, right? But it's hard to climb your way up the ladder sometimes if you could right. only pay your sources. So that's you know, why, yeah, sort so of bucks. So, so we, go to, the, we go to the DEA, and DEA could pay a lot more money. Yeah, they. But yeah. the best informants I always liked using is I think I mentioned in the show previously is an unwitting, an unwitting or unknowing informant is a bad guy you meet on the street. He thinks you're cool. He thinks you're legit. He thinks you're a legit bad guy. That guy starts introducing you to his homeboys or his buddies or his connections without knowing you're a cop. Yeah. So you're not paying him. Uh, and sometimes we would pay them, but you know, pay them because, hey, thanks for introducing me to your connect. And I'd give him some money from our undercover funds because he's moving me. And, and uh, when I when I worked uh, stolen property sting operations, I used to buy a lot of stolen cars. Probably bought easy 500, 600, maybe 700 cars. That's crazy. During my time, we used to buy a lot of stolen cars. So what we would do, we had a, a, a fake a fake business, and we were bringing in stolen cars to our business. And what was and, a uh, shop or something? Yeah, something. pretending to be a, a chop shop. So my job was a scout. My job was to go out and meet thieves. I would meet a thief, and I would tell them, hey, I got a, I got somebody. Tengo un compa, mi yeah. tío, my buddy, my homeboy. He has a shop, and I would take him to a shop, or we would just meet out on the street, and we would do the deal, and we were paying $300 for a brand-new stolen car. Oh, and, a lot, and a lot of times, guys would go, $300, $400, I can get go, I can go get $2,000 over there. And I go, hey, if somebody's paying you $2,000 for a stolen car, you're talking to a fucking cop. So good luck. <laughs> So, so then they would go, oh shit, oh no, no, all right, I'll take the money. You know, you're talking, you're talking to the man. That's, That's what you're right. doing. That's so right. they would uh so we would buy stolen cars, but a lot of those those guys would bring me a car, and then I would flip this guy and say, Hey, he didn't know I was bad. Hey, for every new sus any new guy, bring me customers, I'll pay you. And I would tell him, listen, I don't steal cars anymore. I'm just a middleman. That's all I do. I, I I'm I don't want to go to jail. So next thing you know, sometimes you would have two or three unwitting informants bringing you people with stolen cars or, or burglary loot, and you it was um, you never slept. You're getting called so many times. That is amazing. That is yeah. amazing. Hey Robert, it's always a pleasure to have you, brother. And uh, you know we look forward to to hearing more uh, about when you guys are launching this uh, this podcast. Maybe you'll bring your uh, your co-host on next time, and uh, and and we can start having some. Uh, deeper dives into some of these uh stories man that they're just fascinating i know uh i know regular civilians would be super fascinated with all this stuff because you know they only see it on tv or uh you know or, or read about it in books man but you guys are you guys are studs man and thank you for your service and definitely put it on the line every single day uh you know uh it, it, it's a tough job to do and we appreciate people like you for doing that Thank you. And remember, the defund police movement eliminates those units and has eliminated many of those units already. That's amazing, man. That, right. that is absolutely horrible. Hey, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the uh, hope you enjoyed the show today. 
Uh, we'll see you next week. We are back Monday through Friday next week full time, and we have a full lineup. And again, don't don't forget Fridays, Law Enforcement Fridays. Robert will be here as well. We got Jim Dornan on Wednesdays. The uh, the uh, guru, the the epitome of establishment politics in the Republican Party. We'll be back, and we'll give him a beat down for it. Uh, but we'll have a good conversation, and we have a uh, a whole bunch of guests that are going to be uh, joining us next week. So don't don't go anywhere. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.